Every day, during this great and terrible pause, Cooch Street has been spending 10 minutes or so. That was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Every day, during this great and terrible pause, Cooch Street has been spending 10 minutes or so talking to readers and book lovers from around the world about what they've been reading and how they've been coping with these strange times. Today, I'm joined by Nebula Hugo and World Fantasy Award-nominated writer Sarah Monette, who also writes as Catherine Addison, who joins me from somewhere in the middle of America. Hello, Sarah. How are you today? Hello. I'm all right. Thank you for having me on I'm your program. To hear it. Let me ask you, it is a genuine pleasure. I've wanted to talk to you since I read The Goblin Emperor uh, a few years ago, so it, it is a delight. Um, oh, I want to ask you, how, how are you? How are you coping with these strange times? Are you able to to read, to work, to focus? It's harder to focus, um, but I've I've been reading a lot, which is always good. And I have been getting some work done, but it's slow going. I, I, I can understand. I mean, it, it's a major change, I guess, in, in how we live on a day-to-day basis yes. and a very confronting kind of mindset, even if you're used to sort of you know, living at home by your, or, or working at home by, you know, yes. uh, and, yes. and, and being someone who's primarily at home. No, it definitely is. Um, well, let me ask you. If, yes. Let me ask you, if you are sort of functioning, uh, have you been reading? What have you been reading? And is it um, any good? Yes. The book I am reading right now is The Anatomy Murders by Lisa Rosner, which is about Burke and Hare. And she does yeah. a really good job of um, going back, sort of conveying Edinburgh in 1828 and going through the history of what is act- what we really know about what happened versus all the stories that get told and inflated. It's an excellent book. Have you found yourself drawn to, to like crime novels? Is that something you'd normally read or is that something that, that sort of draws you at the moment? I, I am a big fan of true crime and I, I read true crime mm-hmm. and history and historical true crime, which is my favorite. So certainly I found myself wandering into some stranger corners as I look for things to read and sort of an increasing sense of need, really needing something. Yeah. I just finished a biography of Jim Jones. That was interesting reading. That would be a very strange reading at this time. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Do you find that, at least for you as a reader, it's immersive reading that you that you crave at the moment? I've been, yes. I've been finding that I'm going after really thick books. I mean, this biography of Jim Jones is like two inches thick. Um, it's, it's Raven by Tim Reiterman. Um, it, and it's very good, but it, but yeah, it was, it's a serious commitment to this book. And I read a, a really good book about the Battle of Gettysburg that was, again, just a, a doorstopper of a tome, but it also let me read for big concentrated periods and yet not have to stop and go, oh God, I'm done. What do I read next? Are there books that when you think about it, you, you might recommend to people at a time like this? Old favorites, uh, the kind of you know, sort of book that you turn to, I and mean, obviously enormous historical tomes. I have found that reading, if you can find a, a subject that you can sort of read concentratedly in, I, I've been doing that for years, but I've done that with um, the Battle of Little Bighorn and the shootout at the OK Corral. I've become interested in 19th century American history, which I used to think was the most boring stuff on the planet then discovered that, no, actually, <laughs> it's that American schools teach it very badly. I also Absolutely. read a good 
a good book about um, Australian history. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, the baby farmers. It was about the the charming Victorian practice of baby farming, wherein people would pay for other people to take their unwanted babies off their hands, but the amount of money you got per baby was not enough to support the baby, so you had to go buy, go let yourself be paid for more babies and more babies, but then you have the problem of you can't take care of all the babies you have. And this ends with, um, you know, digging in the garden after midnight. Oh, God. And this is from here. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I can say one one book, if you like, uh, thin historical books or, or political books. There's a book called from Secret, The Secret Ballot to Democracy Sausage, which I would recommend to you if you're interested in such matters. Okay. Uh, it, t- it ties in. Um, <laughs> but, okay, let me ask you this, though. I mean, you're, you're – at home, you're reading, you're working. Uh, you've got a new book out in the world, uh, for which congratulations. Thank this you. is a new book called The Angel of the Crows, which I, now is that, this, this is, I believe, might be related to the Goblin Emperor. This one is not. It is a standalone. Okay. The next book that I just turned in is Goblin Emperor Universe. Um, this one is it's a Sherlock Holmes pastiche. But it's got angels and werewolves and vampires and hellhounds and then Jack the Ripper. It's a it's a very kitchen sinky sort of Victorian novel with everything thrown in that I thought was interesting. That sounds almost almost like a Tim Powers kind of an approach to a novel, you know, where you yes. you find all kind of things that sort of unexpectedly connect up and make story out of it. Is, is, is was that the approach you took to the book? I it's it's about. Two-thirds of it is sort of reimaginings of, of Sherlock Holmes stories in in this world where there's all of these other supernatural creatures. And really the most logical explanation for what happened to Sir Charles Baskerville is that he was killed by a hellhound. It would, the, the exact opposite of, of the original story where Watson and um, Mortimer are going, well, of course, we're good, rational Victorian gentlemen, and we don't think it was a hellhound, but we can't quite be sure. And Holmes is going, oh, nonsense. Of course, it wasn't a hellhound. Whereas, really, in this world, it would make most sense for it to be a hellhound. Um, So turning, turning the stories upside down a little bit. And then the other third was winding Jack the Ripper. Chronology through that. Have you always been a a fan of Holmes and Holmesiana? Oh yes, yes. Uh, my father started reading the Sherlock Holmes stories to me when I was seven, I think, and mm-hmm. um, I I love them. I love them dearly, and had a great time. What is it that dra- that draws you back to them, and what is it that made you that dr- drove you to want to? Uh, approach them in the manner you have. I'm drawn back to them partly because of the way that Conan Doyle created a world that is, of course, recognizably 19th century Victorian London, but is also sort of a world to itself, where Holmes is always in Baker Street and Watson's wife never minds that he goes running off and leaves the practice for days at a time. And there's something... Speaking of rereading things, there's something very comforting about that 
world at the same time that one recognizes that it's intensely problematic with racism and sexism and classism and and all all of the imperial British problems. Um, And that was one of the things actually that I wanted to do in telling the story, retelling the stories for myself was to give the women better speaking parts and let the, the Andaman Islander from the sign of the four have his own opinion about what's going on. But just sort of look, looking at them from a slightly different angle. The Angel of the Crows is done, and you're just saying, and, and out in the world, can uh, or put out in the world in good, average, and even terrible bookstores near you, yes. or available online. I'll put links in the show notes, and you can find it. And there's another new novel you're saying completed, which is in the Goblin Emperor universe, which I suppose we will see sometime next year. I would think so. I don't know if they've got it in the production schedule yet, but I I turned it in last week. So and it's does, close. does this book? I mean, can you tell us if it's got a title? Or I mean, yeah, the title is "The Witness for the Dead." It's about one of the secondary characters in the Goblin Emperor, um, and it's a murder mystery. Well, I have to say that this seems like a, a, a return to productivity. That sort of will we be seeing a lot more of? Well, Catherine Addison and Sarah Monette in our bookstores and in magazines and online uh, fr- from here on? Or is this sort of something that's been taking a long time to get to this point? The Angel of the Crows was a very fast book. It was the fastest book I've ever written. It was the easiest book I've ever written. So it's kind of an outlier that, that doesn't isn't going to match up to anything else. But I have been pretty steadily productive since then. And I hope to yeah. be able to continue that. Well, for the moment, uh, Sarah Manette, Catherine Addison, thank you so very much for making time to talk to me today. I genuinely appreciate it. And, you know, the, you know, sort of, as I said, sort of the Angel of the Crows is in stores. We will link to it. Uh, go buy it and get ready for If you haven't read The Goblin Emperor, please seek it out. It's a wonderful book. But once again, thank you very much. Thank you. I've had fun.